started to move, um, and the word was just basically the sweet fragrance of just being able to say the name of Jesus and the essence of what that brings. And uh, and I, I went back there. I was like, oh, we you know we can get it turned off in time to to hear it all. And uh, Sandy said, well, that was it. <laughs> that's what he wanted to know. I'm like, okay, that's good. Uh, and uh, the Lord used br- uh, Brother Gary last week because some of that stuff came to pass um, this week. And I just I appreciate that. And also, you know, we were in worship, and I'm just saying, God is getting us ready for stuff. Come on, somebody. I mean, I don't want just church as usual, I, and I don't want weird, you know, uh, fruits, flakes, and nuts. I don't, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't want granola stuff. I just, but I want real, like, life stuff. But I, I really believe the Lord spoke to me when we were doing worship, and, and you know, Mallory. And uh, so I don't, she's probably back with Arrow now. I see Justin is back there. But what he spoke to me was this, so... You remember this, and Justin's with me. He's, this way he says, he said, Daughter, I have paired you perfectly. I have paired you perfectly. Do not be discouraged. The glory is coming, and you are helping me bring it. And I wanted to share that. But it was just like, okay, I'll wait. And then I was like, okay, I needed to do it now. So I want to get that out before I, I forget. But boy, God is so good. I'm excited. And I get another day to preach to me. So you guys just get to witness I'm preaching to me today. Bless God. Uh, So let's thank our online crowd. Let's welcome them. God bless you guys. So good to have you with us today. If you're a guest today, uh, this is, you know, Heart for the House Sunday, and we're glad you're here. Uh, But whether it's that first Sunday of the month or not, um, if you just, you know, stop at the guest kiosk or the Welcome Center, they're going to give you a free T-shirt that says Live Life on Purpose. No strings attached. We're not going to come to your house. We're not going to call you any of that. If you want a CD, if you give your life to the Lord, we have a free CD that just gives you some instruction on where to go and what to do and how to get your life started back. All free. If you're online and you're like, I want that, you need to kind of come here to get it. So, you know, you might be like, oh, bummer. Well, then come and meet me. We'd love to see you. Um, just, uh, it's really, I'm not trying to do that on purpose, but, you know, we have people that are watching, you know, in Florida and different states, and, and uh, we are believing there's, God is just doing something. There's starting to be another influx of people. Aren't you glad? I, you know, and the enemy's trying to come back and say, there's, you know, COVID and all of that. I'm just, thank you, God, you are bigger than COVID. Praise God, and uh, we had such fun yesterday, went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame <coughs> and had just a great time. I haven't laughed that hard in a while. So much fun. Um, Uncle John was there, Uncle Tom was there, I was there, Scott, Devin, Justin. We just had a ball. I mean, it was just so much fun. We went out to eat, and every guy likes steak, most every guy I know. And so we went to a steakhouse afterwards for lunch. That was God right there. We just, it was so much fun. But anyway, great. And there, there were like 14 ladies or more here, uh, I think Friday night. And then they've got the craft thing coming up. I mean, this is what's happening. This is what we want. We want life here. Men's breakfast is coming this next Saturday. Bob Evans at 8 o'clock. Just show up at Bob Evans and and, you know, some guy, some guy asked me one time, he goes, how come you don't do it at 9? Because 9, everybody's there. I mean, we went there at 9, it's like 10.30 when you finally get waited on. No. <laughs> so we went, we went there at 8, and it usually happens, and then we, we have more time to just hang out together. But there's anywhere sometimes, we've had as many as 22 guys at a breakfast before. Uh, but normally right now, you know, we're probably anywhere from 8 to 12 to 15 or so. Um, but it's just getting to know each other. And how many knows that life happens in small groups? 
I mean, really, it does. I mean, it's great to come together like this, but life just kind of happens when we're just, when it's just kind of us hanging out. And people find out, you know, they call him PB, Pastor Brad. You know, that's, I get it, that's a title, but man, I'm just a dude like any other dude. You know what I'm saying? We were just, we were just laughing, having fun. I like football like a lot of guys like football. I like the best team like a lot of guys like the best team. And it's not the Steelers. <laughs> Almost bought you guys a terrible towel, but you know what? That'd be terrible, so I didn't. <laughs> but there was a lot of great uh, Steeler stuff there, and we just had a lot of fun. So what I'm trying to tell you is just plug in and let's do life together. Let's have some fun. Let's laugh. Let's pray for one another. Help each other out. Today, I want to talk about this. And I, I, again, talking to myself, but how to change your life quickly. And these things I'm doing myself and have done and have found them to work. So I want to share them with you. The Lord brought me to this and said, this is, you know, and people ask me sometimes, why do you do it the way you do it? Sometimes, for me, I see things different than maybe some, somebody will see something and they'll be like, oh, isn't that beautiful? But I see it in, in ways, again, why we live life on purpose. I went to church all my life, most of my life. I mean, I was raised in a Methodist church and I was an actolite. I don't know why they call them that. I don't even know what that means. But I wore a little white dress with a little thing. Don't anybody say anything about that. <laughs> And, you know, put, lit candles and put them out and, and did all that stuff. Then we left uh, the Methodist church when I got older, went to a Pentecostal church, and, uh, you know, started finding out about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, blah, 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 blah. And I, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but what I'm saying, my life took off. But I would go to church, and I loved church, and I met most of my friends were at church, and I hung out with church people. You know, we have a harvest party coming on October 10th at Lawrence Orchards. We're renting the whole place, and that is always fun. So that's going to be coming. And you know, we have the train ride for the kids and the hayride and all of that. There'd be all kinds of food, chili cook-off, oh boy, oh boy. Okay, I'll get off food and get back to this. So, but I go to church, and what would happen to me is sometimes, ever been to, and it just, I felt like everybody was getting it but me. Does that make sense? I mean, I don't mean to think, I'm not like, I'm going to catch a fox. You know, that's, I, I, I feel I was smart enough, but either if I didn't catch it, I couldn't apply it. Or I didn't understand what I was supposed to apply, or I got it when I was there, but by the time I got home, what was that again? I mean, I was just trying to figure it out. So again, when God had me start this church, that's why the, the mission vision statement is live life on purpose. Because come on, we need a purpose to live. David said this, is there not a cause? Give me a purpose, and then how do I accomplish that? And this is like right now in Pastor Kim's aisle. This is where, you know, I'm the guy that's like, let's take the mountain. Let's go out and beat Goliath. She's like, yes, you can do it. First, tell me how. Don't want to tell you how. I just want to go beat him. She wants to know how. So, I mean, so a lot of things of what God has, has instructed me in, I see is, that's why I'll say, here's four things you can do. Because you can count them, or you can go, I can do that. One, two, three, four. That's pretty easy. I can do that. These notes are on the Bible app. You can get those on the Bible app. Today, you'll see the scriptures. But if you go to the Bible app, it's on your smartphone. It's free. Everything we do, as most, much as we can, will be free. Put these down. Apply these and watch your life change. And we want it to change quickly. I don't think anybody in here goes out and says, I don't want to be successful. 
I think we all want to have a successful life. We all, you know, want to, to have the dream that we've all, it's going to work for me. We want what the Bible says we have. You know, there's a big minister in town, well, not in this town, but in a town that's, that quotes this almost every time. And I, I think it's great. You know, this is my Bible. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. You know, you know that. And we might say, well, yeah, but what he's trying to get you to do is to understand that whatever this says is true. And we know that, but yet we can't get kind of like what Miss Kim said. Even when I don't see him, he's working. And we all have those times when, okay, if it's true, how come I'm not seeing it happen? I need to see it happen. I don't want to read about it in Africa or somewhere else. I mean, that's great, but I want to see it happen here with me. How do I make it work for me? So today I'm going to give you four steps or four things or four thoughts, however you want to say, to help change your life quickly. I got promises, and so do you, that are still hanging out there in space somewhere. You've been declaring them for years, and you have yet to see them. I don't want to go around the mountain over and over, the same one. There's an answer. So for that to happen, we have to make some changes. If you do what you've always done, you're going to have what you've always had. If you want something different, you have to do something different to get something you haven't had before. So could it be, now it's okay if you're doing something and God just says stick with it. Because you, there are things that you need to just consistently stick with. But there, and over time, you see the benefits of those. I get that. But I'm talking about sometimes we need that, you know. I don't want to go to another service where somebody says, your breakthrough's just around the corner. I know that. I want that. But how many corners do I got to turn? What am I doing to not get my breakthrough? I mean, is it just me? Or, I mean, I put on my deodorant. What's wrong? I, mean, I need that to happen. What is the block for that to happen. I mean, we got stuff going on in our life. I have two kids that just moved within week, well, the same week, pretty much. With days of each. So you know what I've been doing? <laughs> moving, moving, moving. Get those kids a moving, PB. Put it on his back, put it on you. Know, <laughs> I'll get the freezer, son. You get everything else. I got him. So, I mean, we've been busy helping them move. So that's, that's fine. <clears throat> but we have other things in our life as well, normal life things that happen to us just like they happen to you. There's times in your life you're like, I need to hear from God, and we make ourselves almost busy, don't we? If we make ourselves busy, we don't, have to, we don't have to stop. Let me ask you this question. How many here like to, uh, that you really need to sleep with noise at night? So how many like it just really quiet? Okay. Those of us that like noise, you ever go on vacation and then realize you didn't bring the fan? <laughs> we have, and I've had to go down and call to the day, do, do, do you have a fan? <laughs> you know, now, thank goodness, you have smartphones that can make noises for you. White noise. You know, I guess, whatever white noise is. Just noise. And there are people that are used to the city. There's that one commercial. They're out in the wilderness, and they're like, I can't sleep. And all they can hear is the crickets. So they turn on horns honking and cars and stuff. And they're like, great, home. Because that's what they're used to. My point is this. There's got to be answers. And we need to link ourselves up with God 
no matter how things are going, that we can get what he wants us to have. Get the answers, because you know how many knows God's not shy of answers? He's not shy of ideas. He's not shy of answers. A lot of times we just do things to our... We, we get something, and we get it in our mind, and then we don't do anything with it. Anybody ever do that besides me? I get a thought, and I think to myself, that's, that's nothing. And I don't do anything. And sometimes I'll get it again, and I don't do anything. We have to distinguish between, is this God trying to tell me something? Because sometimes we think God should come one way. What if he comes another? You know, Jesus went right down the main road, riding on a, he's riding on a colt. They didn't think the Messiah was going to come that way. There are people that said, Messiah, yeah, you know, we got that. But there are others that are like, nah, those guys are nuts. That's not him. Because they expected something else. Has God ever worked in your life where you thought he's going to do this and he did it a different way, got it accomplished, but it didn't happen the way you thought it would happen? This is what I'm telling you. When you get an idea and you think that God, wait a minute, this is, I mean, I wasn't even, how did, wow, this could, as long as, if, if it doesn't go against the word, if it goes against the word, it's not a God idea. If it does anything that goes contrary to this, you don't have to worry about this. Don't write it. But if it's a God idea or something that might be a God idea, write it down. This is what I've been doing. I actually, my wife has kind of helped teach me this. She is a journaler. The Lord tells her, dream, she'll have a dream and she'll do stuff, you know, she'll, she'll write the whole dream down. And she's uh, looked at, she has books how to interpret different things. And my sister uh, is, uh, went to class and knows how to interpret dreams. And so sometimes she'll share them with her and they'll... You know, and these mean certain things, and da 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 da. But she journals a lot of things when the Lord spoke to her, or what she felt, and and uh, and I I didn't do that all the time. I did it rarely. I mean, there's times that I got a word from the Lord or something, and I would go ahead and put it down. But um, I I thought you know I felt impressed with the Lord to get a composition book so that I could start writing some goals. Now I write my goals, but I would only write them usually like once a, maybe twice a year. You know what I mean? At the beginning of the year. And then that's where they stayed. Sometimes we sealed them in an envelope just to make sure they're safe. <laughs> but so now I've been writing them every day. My immediate goals and some of my longer range goals. Because I keep them in front of my eyes. Because I want to be able to, to concentrate and hear the Lord and be ready when he speaks to me. The, the enemy, I found this out, he hates deadlines, and he hates goals, especially when they're godly. If I have ideas that never made paper, I can almost guarantee you they never happen. So what I'm telling you is if you shoot at nothing, you'll hit it. So again, talking to myself. I never acted on them, so I kind of forgot about it. Sometimes I'm somewhere else, and somebody says, I'm going to do this, and I was like, I was going to do that. Yeah, that's right. I remember thinking of that a couple years ago. So no matter what your story looks like right now, maybe you're like me, I don't know, but it's never too late to start saying, okay, God, from this point, help me to make some changes. Maybe right now you're saying, you know what? I, all I've seen in my life is struggle. 
whether it's financially or maybe relationships or I've never seen my dreams or desires. I some people are like, I don't see any of that. How did this happen for you? Or they just spend their whole life living in survival mode. You know what survival mode is? Most of us do. Paycheck to paycheck, day to day, maybe meal to meal or bill to bill. Whoever screams the loudest, that's who we pay. We've all been there, done that. But when we start looking at God, God, how do you want me to do this? And that's what I want to share with you today. And it's, not, it's really not going to take very long. But I want to see my life change. I want to see finances come into my life where I'm prosperous. And I can help people. I, can, I know, you know we have money to pay for things that we need or to pay for things that, that are happening or just pay bills. Enjoy good relationships. Get some of those things that you've always wanted and just believed and not feel guilty if you get them. Have more than enough. How about this one? Being able to laugh and be happy without feeling guilty. Isn't it that sometimes that's a thing you'd think that's easy. It's not easy for everybody. Because the enemy, he doesn't like you to be happy because you know what happens? Laughter is what? The Bible says it's medicine. It helps you get better. But God has given us rights to write our story. I never really looked at it like that. That's why I started doing this now. To write my story. Because if I, if I don't do anything, then I'll never have the change that I'm believing for. But I want it to happen. But it, you know, the, the quicker I do what God says, the quicker things happen. The longer I delay what God wants me to do, guess what happens? The longer it takes for things to happen. That's why at TLC, we, we say live your life on purpose. Really, it comes down to choices and obedience. There's a plan. You have to decide whether you want to walk in it or not. I can't make you. You can't make me. You know, we can force people to do certain things. There's a story of a little boy, the teacher told him, <laughs> it said, you must sit down. And the little boy didn't want to sit down. And she said, you will sit down or you'll go to the principal's office. That's back in the day. How many knows if you went to the principal's office, one? at least I was growing up, there could be paddling involved. Well, we called them wax. You get whacked. <laughs> And so he, he didn't want to get whacked, so he sat down this way. He told her, he said, I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. <laughs> so, you know, I get it. Sometimes we have to force, you know, when we're, we're always going to be our kids' parents. But when they were little, here was their choice. You're going to church with us. My mom, when, when she got saved and my dad got saved, she said, we're going to church. I'm like, I don't want to go to church. She said, well, you're going. I said, no, I'm not. She said, you're going to go in your pajamas if you want. But everybody's going to ask why you're in your pajamas. <laughs> I almost now wished I'd have went in my pajamas. Because <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd have made a show so they'd have to say, what did you bring your kid in his pajamas for? And I'd say, but I got changed and went to church. 
because that was my choice. But once I started understanding about God, you know, their whole purpose was, you know, that song we used to sing. Back in the day, we sang choruses. I found a new way of living. I found a new life divine. I've got the fruit of the spirit. I'm abiding, abiding in the vine. You started finding out all that stuff. And you started saying, well, this isn't too bad. And, and just like any place, you do meet granola people, fruits, flakes, and nuts. Church has got them. World's got them, too. But, you know, but at least you, you start going, all right, let me figure this out. But I want to change my life quickly. So if God is allowing me to choose to write my story according to the way he wants it to play out, maybe I should start listening. Are you ready to change your life quickly? Here's the four things. Number one, be quick to, to respond. Be quick to respond. Proverbs 4.20 says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. See, being quick to respond is, is really critical in receiving from God. There are times just as pastoring this church, the Lord has told me, you need to go do this. You need to do this, and you need to do it quick. And, and we were able to secure a spot for the church to meet because I acted quickly because he told me, do it right now. Have you ever been on a, somewhere and the Lord has stopped you? You're driving in your car and, and you just feel like, I am not to go this way home. I'm, I don't know why, but I feel like I need to go by this way or I need to call so-and-so. Maybe it's something like that. I just feel they're on my heart. I need to call them. Are you okay? Hey, I want to pray with you. And they're like, I can't believe you called. Oh, my gosh. And then they, you know, and now you know why you called. So obedience and listening, being quick to respond. Come on, we do it with our children. I need you to get over here. I need you to get over here right now. I'm going to count to three. Do you know that during the age of childhood, they're going to make you go one, one and a half, one and three quarters? I never got that privilege. Did you? My mama couldn't count to three. She, I mean, she could, but I didn't know it. I need you to get over here right I mean, she, if I didn't come over there, I was going to get over there, or she's going to come and get me. Nobody likes it when their mama comes and gets them. Look at Mark 9, 17, 27. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. Whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground, and he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and he becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, threw the child into a violent convulsion, he fell on the ground, writhing, foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy's father. Now, let me stop right there. You got to understand, Jesus is God on foot. He's asking. You got to start asking yourself. He's Jesus. Does he really have to ask? I mean, we probably think, he probably doesn't. I mean, if anybody's got connection, I mean, this is better than AT&T and Verizon. He's got it. There's a lot of things we need to understand. Is he asking for him or is he asking to declare deadline, goal? What is it that you believe? What is your facing? So it's pretty incredible. So anyway, Jesus asked, you know, the father replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water trying to kill him. 
have mercy on us and help us if you can. This is where I think Jesus gets, he's like, he goes, what do you mean if I can? Jesus, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked anything. Check this out. She did not know what I'm preaching. Now, she got the notes, but she doesn't, they, the team and all that put them up there. She doesn't go through all of that. So pretty amazing. Oh, well, let's keep going. Anything is possible if a person believes. And the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. There's a lot being said right there. The father's being very vulnerable because there's people. But help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. There's so much here. Look at what Jesus is doing. And again, I'm just trying to follow the Lord right now. What he's saying, he's not saying, Father, you see this boy. He's not doing that. He rebuked the evil spirit. He didn't go to the father to rebuke the evil spirit. He's talking right to the boy, to the spirit that's in the boy. Come on. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Can I stop and just say demons do come out? And they come out by the power and the word of God. The spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. (laughs) You can hear, he killed him. He's dead. I got slain in the spirit one time and Sam thought the guy killed me. He really did, didn't he? He did. He came over. He's like, Daddy! He laid on top of me. He was just like knee-high to a grasshopper. He's a little, you know, what was he, four or five? Just laid on top of me. He thought I was dead. And I, I opened one eye, and I said, Daddy's okay. Anyway, that's another story. All right, so the boy appeared to be dead. They said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, helped him up to his feet, and he stood up. Now, we see the boy was delivered because whose authority was the boy under? Let's think about it. Who's, who's his authority? Somebody tell me. That's right. He's under the authority of his father. Remember the father's response. The father was, he's not saying, hey, I'm all, I'm in all, see all. Hey, I know, I I get what you're saying, but you got to help me because all I can see is the struggle. All I can see is I've lived with this. I've watched him go in the fire, the water, all of that. The father was quick to respond. He was quick to say, you know what? Whatever it takes, because you have the answer. Just a few chapters before in Mark 3, Jesus asked the Pharisees whether it's good to heal on the Sabbath. And they did not respond. The scripture says, you can look it up in Mark 3, it says it deeply saddened. And not just that it just, you know, he was 
upset about. It deeply saddened Jesus because he, he said, the scripture says it was because their hearts were hard. Now, we've been talking about a hardened heart on Thursdays. We have a, like a 20-minute teaching on a Thursday morning. The rest of the time is spent in prayer, but it's been dealing with a hardened heart. So sometimes, I, 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 again, talking to me, if my life's not going the way that I want it to go, i got to look at the state of my heart and how I'm responding to the word of God. And what is my faith saying? What is my mouth saying? I want to be like the father that I'm quick to respond if Jesus asks me to say something. If I don't respond and say I'm like the Pharisees, because sometimes we want to put everything through our natural thinker. If you're going to do everything through your thinker, you're going to be a stinker. Because you're not going to walk in all of the, the things that God has you to walk in because you are trying to approve of what God... How many knows God doesn't need your approval or you need to find out what he wants you to do? Because he does things that don't make sense in the natural. I'm going to spit in mud, going to spread it on your eyes, you're going to see. Right? I'm going to throw that stick in the water. It's going to be sweet. Okay. Put that axe head in the water and it's going to float. It's steel, but it's going to float. Mm, okay. We just have these five loaves and these few fish, but it's going to feed about 20,000. Okay, that's good. Have them sit in groups of 50. Okay. I mean, how many things does Jesus do that's just like, are you kidding? That makes no natural sense. But if we don't respond or are not quick to act when God says, I, I think we need to check our heart. There may be some spots in our heart that are just, they're, they're hardened. We're not receiving. And there's, there's a reason. So, you know, my wife would say, we need to find that. Pastor Gary would say, you know, if you're a spiritual scientist, is that, is that the way that is, is what he says? You're going to ask, okay, why is that happening? So why, why am I not receiving? Because hardness of heart can be caused by unforgiveness, hurt, disappointment from not having received. In other words, we see other people receive, why not me, and, and we let our heart get hard. A spirit of rejection, how about that? You just feel like you never fit in or somebody's always saying something or if somebody's whispering something, you immediately think they're talking about you. Oh, I know they're talking about me. And they might not even be talking about you at all. Pride, how about fear of dis being disappointed? I'm not gonna get my hopes up because if I never get them up, I never get disappointed. You ever met people like that? And that's just stuff I'm just thinking off the top of our heads. But if I want life to change, if I want to start seeing different things, then i got to quit hesitating so much and don't try to put it through my brain and just say, yes, Lord, help my unbelief. As long as it lines up with the word of God. I'm not going to fear disappointment. I'm not going to look at my circumstances and let them determine my answer because God is bigger than my circumstances. Because if it seems impossible, that's where my possible God comes in. When man says, you got this, do you know that, like, I want to say it's, it's Dottie Osteen, Joel's mom. They told her she had, like, two weeks to live. It's 30-some years later, she's still going strong. 
because she, she practiced some of these things that I'm trying to get to you today. I'm, I'm just saying, it's just like, okay, I'm going to listen to the word of God. I'm going to put this in front of my eyes. I'm going to write these things down. I want to respond quickly in faith. Here's number two. Not only respond quick, I'm going to be quick to believe. If God said it, that settles it. You ever used to say that? We used to say, if God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Can I tell you this? If God said it, whether you believe it or not, it settles it. I mean, for real. If God said it, really, I just need to line myself up with what God said. That's how that works. Because if I believe what God said, it will settle my situation. It'll take away my anxiety. It'll take away my worry. It'll take away my wonder. Because he said it. If he said it, that settles it. My wife would say, as long as I got a word from God, if I got a word from God, I can go back to that. Mark 9, 24, the father instantly, one version says immediately, cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. (laughs) If you're not seeing some things that are promised being produced in your life, and again, preaching to myself, God's word says it, it's time to go back to the whole word. God, is there something I'm missing? There's nothing... You ever, remember back in the day, I know one guy I remember, he said, he'd tell his kids if they did something wrong, he'd make them go to some willow tree and cut off a switch. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. We did not do that. (laughs) Just the idea of that. But, you know, what I guess what I'm telling you is, in my own mind, I will try to rationalize things out does that make sense i'll try to get my natural mind involved and it's not that you can't i think you have to do that some because you're you're human naturally but we are body soul and spirit you know so anyway if the lord is sharing something with you and we're not getting the results it's not It's not the Bible that's having the problem. It's kind of like the Father. I do believe, but somewhere along the line, I'm struggling. So help my unbelief. You need to understand this. There's nothing wrong with the seed. That's the word of God. You know, in Mark, it talks about sowing and planting. There's nothing wrong with the seed. The word is always true. It's always good. It's infallible. That's a college word that means there's no fault in it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not the seed that's having the issue. It's time to check the condition of the ground. So again, I'm in the woodshed. So I'm talking to myself. So the ground, that's your heart. That's your belief system. The seed to be healed, for example, comes from promises in God's word. God says, by his stripes, you are healed. It's past tense. Faith is always in the past. It's, always, it's done in Jesus' name. It's done. Those are good, uncorruptible seeds. The, the word of God, there's nothing wrong with it. If healing doesn't come, it's not because of the seed. See, that's hard to hear. 
Because it's something that we are not grabbing a hold of. Something that we are missing. And again, me. So something that I'm like, okay, I'm kind of like the father. I I might not understand it all, so help me where I don't understand. So then I have to jump back into the word and have him show me some things that will change the circumstances. How many knows the word can do the impossible? So what you see now is subject to change. What you see in your physical eyes is subject to change. As long as everything and you are lining up with the word, everything else can move. See, you may be feeling like, I'm believing God, because I have felt like that regarding the situation, whatever you're praying about. But sometimes there's a hardened spot in your heart you can't necessarily feel all the time. Maybe it's something that happened long ago, or maybe it's something that you're holding, or maybe it's just part of, I just, I don't know, it's just not working for me. It would work for so-and-so. Why is it not working for me? What are some signs of a hardened heart? Worry, fear, insecurity, anxiety. You know, I just talked the other day, you know, if we're all upset and up in arms and worried and afraid, we're not in faith because faith isn't worried. If we're seeking fault in others, always trying to, it's not my fault, it's your fault. You know, we don't see the board or plank or log in our own eye, but we're quick to point it out in everybody else. Dull, unresponsive, nothing will move. I'm not doing anything. I'm tired of getting hurt. I'm never going to. You know, there's people that I will not go down front. I've been down front 105 times. I'm not going down front again. What if 106 would, would be it and you missed it? What if you were naming? You need to dip seven times. I ain't dipping seven times. That's stupid. I'll dip once. Do it once or you're done. He's going to come up empty-handed, still with leprosy. Because the instruction was seven. Sometimes we just try to solve our own problems. We're slow to believe. We want to help God out. God needs my help. He can't do it without me. I'm very important. Sometimes we get, maybe hardened is a wrong word, maybe just calloused. You know what a callous is? You've worked so hard or you've done it over and over again. And, you know, if you're, if you're a guitar player, the tips of your finger get calloused because you've played the strings so much. Sometimes we get to that place and we don't even know it. Some of you are listening to me right now and you're like, you know I'm, I'm, I'm not pointing at you because I got my own self. But you're like, was he there? How did he know that? I didn't tell him. Did you tell him? But you can get back to a soft heart. There is hope. A place where we're quick to believe. And it's going to take work. A lot of times it's not fun to find out where we've had unbelief. We don't like to face the hard places, but we have to deal with some of that. So if we want to change our life and we want to do it as quick as we can, sometimes we've got to till that ground up just to look at 
I want to be quick to believe. With our heart, there's human work involved because we have to follow God. Okay, let me say this. The Bible says this. Where your treasure lies, your heart lies also. We quote it a lot. Where your heart lies, your treasure lies. We, we, all, we get it mixed up. Our heart follows our treasure. So if God is our treasure, our heart will follow that. If we follow after our own self, then we have things there. We, we get things mixed up. We blame the devil a lot. Well, the devil, he made me do it. That was a saying long ago. Maybe the devil did get something started. Maybe the devil did have his hand in getting this mess or whatever, or working on getting you out of belief. But let's get back to us. It is our ground to work. So it is our choice whether to let that seed grow or pull it up if it's a weed. Some of you are listening to me right now, and you Brett, you don't even know what I've been through. You know, this and this and, and this, and now, you know, I grew up this way, or he left me, or she left me, or whatever. I get it, and I'm not minimizing any of that, but sooner or later, you have to say, Almighty God, you are bigger than that. And I cannot go back, and, and I can't make it right by decisions that other people made that I didn't have a choice in, or I couldn't stop. Come on. Is that not true? Now, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be compassionate for you. That's not what I'm saying. We all have gone through stuff. What I'm trying to tell you is we can't play the blame game the rest of our life. Sooner or later, we got to say, okay, God, from this point on, no matter whose fault it is, I sure I had something to do with it, but let's go forward. Ask God to show you places in your heart that are calloused or hard. You might not like what you see or what you find out. But ask him how to soften those. There's places in, in my heart that he's pointed that I thought. Sometimes you ever feel like you dealt with something and then you're like, I still got to forgive them. Anybody? Me? Yeah. Because I want to believe again the way he wants me to believe. Number three, be quick to repent. Proverbs 28, 13 says, People who conceal their sin will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. If your life has stayed the same year after year after year, to change for some quicker future success, you got to be quick to repent. The longer I've walked with the Lord, it's just, it's just better to deal with it and be quick to repent. Some people struggle to say, I did this wrong or admit their faults, as if God doesn't already know them. Somehow they think if I, if I say them, then I'm a lower person or, you know, they downgrade themselves or they admit a defeat. <coughs> Excuse me. Sometimes we just have insecurity. We're never going to be good enough. Can I tell you that God will not love you any more than he does right now? He loves you the best, the most, the maximum. 
He, he's not going to change in sin. He will still love you the same. Is that amazing? He is consistent and never changes. Well, Brett, you don't know what I, I don't know what you did wrong. You, you, know, you don't know what I did wrong. But I know that God's love doesn't change. You have to be quick to repent. And you need to know that if Jesus died for me, I need to be secure in that. If his word is what it says, Colossians 2.10 says, I, I declare this nearly every day, I am complete in him. If that's true, then I can declare that. Because in Christ, he is my everything. So correct them, bottom line. If you want to change your life quickly, become a person who's quick to repent. You know, you would think, being pastors, that we, her and I never fight. We never say a crossword. We never argue. I would love to tell you that would be our story. She would probably love it more. But that's not our story, because we're human people too. And, and so what happens is, you know, when you live together with someone and, you're, you know, you're with them, um, there are going to be times that, you, you know, you... You just, I got to be careful. <laughs> but I'm very blessed. You see how I sandwiched that really good? No, but I mean, what we've done is then when we have those words, and they're not terrible. I mean, we, we don't go on and on. But what we do say is after that, I don't want strife. You know, when you have strife, it opens up so many other doors. And it's not worth it. Because bottom line is, I'm always going to love that woman. And she knows that. And usually, there's, you know, I had some part to play, or she had some part to play, and we both just say, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. You ever apologize and you don't feel like you're sorry, but you're, you're saying you're sorry? We've all done that too. But I think that's still important. Because emotions, sometimes you want to be like, but I still want to do the right thing. So we still, we break strife, I'm sorry. And sometimes I need to go to the garage and do some work. She needs to take the sweeper or do whatever she wants to do or take a drive or whatever. And you know what we do then? We're getting everything back in a line. Does that make sense? Because life happens. And we want to live our life on purpose because what is the greater good to do the kingdom, to live for God and to have the things that he wants. Not, I'm not talking about material things. I'm talking about just living a good life. You know, material things are part of that. Yeah, that's great. But you've got to have a foundation of God. Receiving, you know, if it, well, how, how many like to take correction? Nobody's raising their hand on that one. <laughs> I would, but you need corrected. <laughs> not me. Nobody really likes that. Some of the hardest times for me is I had to tell my children I was wrong. Dad didn't do that right. I'm sorry I responded that way. One time I got so mad. Have your kids ever done something that you have told them over and over again? You're like, please don't do that. Don't do that anymore. I'm done. I'm done warning you. And you've warned them of 50 million times. 
I had told Maddie one time, if you don't pick up these clothes, I'm going to get me a trash bag and all the stuff on your floor. I don't care what it is. I'm shoving it in that trash bag, and you ain't going to see it again unless you want to buy it back. <laughs> Something like that. And she just thought, <laughs> I guess I had had it. You ever have it? I went and got me a trash bag, and Kim was standing there. Maddie was there. I went back, and I, I just told her, I said, get out of my way. She's like, what are you doing? I started grabbing stuff. Man, I'm throwing it. I'm throwing it across the room. I'm shoving it in the bag, and I'm pointing my finger. I'm going to take this stuff. I'm putting it in the trash bag. I told you. And the look on her face and Maddie's face is like, Daddy has lost it. And I shoved, I don't know, two trash bags full, told them all to get out of my way, took the trash bags, took them out, took them into the storage in the, the house we were living in at the time. And I was like, there. And all the time, the Lord is like, you feel better now? <laughs> no. Because now I got to go back in and say, I did not do that right. So I did. I went back and I apologized to Kim. I apologized to Maddie and... You know, Maddie was like, can I have my stuff back? And the Lord said, don't give her her stuff back. <laughs> and I was like, I do love you. <laughs> because I said, no, I did that wrong, but you're not getting this stuff back right now. You know, let, just miss it for a while. You don't seem to care that it's on, you know. And so she was like, she learned a lesson. I learned a lesson. All God's children got to learn a lesson. <laughs> but I'm just saying, get rid of that stuff. Repent. Take care of it right away. Because when you do that, every time you do that, your heart gets more tender. You start going back to the, the calluses start being peeled away. The, the hardness starts to just drop off. You can do it. Be humble and tenderhearted. If you get input and it's correction, just receive it. Sometimes you don't have to respond in a bad way. Maybe it's totally a lie and not true. Only respond with what God wants you to say. That's... That's tough sometimes. So I'm not saying that's easy. Again, talking to myself. I just had to apologize to my mom before service. How many saw me go over there? I just went over there. You know what I told her? Mom, I'm sorry for snapping at you a few minutes ago. I've just, you know, and she just said, it's okay, honey. I love you. <laughs> like I could have went without the kiss on my cheek. I do love my mom, but you know. Getting my Eagle Scout award when I was a little boy, going down there, going, going down to get my award in front of everybody, guy from the Marion Stars there, going to take pictures. My mom wants to grab my hand and swing it. Now, you don't swing a boy's arm, especially if you're in Boy Scouts and you're walking down the aisle to get your Eagle Scout. I'm like, I'm trying to get my hand out of her hand, and she's like, I love you, Mom. <laughs> But she was just proud. <sighs> but if you correct these areas, your life's going to change. It really will. Here's our last one. Be quick to forgive. Mark eleven twenty five. 25. When you're praying, first forgive anyone and you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. So if your life's been the same, maybe there's somebody you're holding a grudge against. You don't know what they did to hurt me. I get it. Let God do that. Let God take care of them. you got to forgive them. You don't know they, this is how they treated me. This is what they did. They left. They did what? Okay, I get it. I'm not saying anything is, is right about it. I'm not. I'm just saying for you to go forward and you to be healthy, you got to give that to God. Look at your heart in the area of forgiveness. Unforgiveness is one of the greatest causes of a hardened heart. 
Somebody said something, maybe when you were, you might not have, you like somebody from elementary school. I mean, it doesn't matter the, how long ago. Ask God. Because a heart that won't forgive makes hard soil. So it makes the word of God, it's hard to penetrate that or to grow and get to where it's supposed to be. Again, there's nothing wrong with the seed. It's the ground. I know there's times I'm like, I don't know anybody that, I, that I'm not forgiven. And yet there's still little things that if somebody, if you saw them at the store coming down the aisle, would you take your cart and go? <laughs> that would be one of those boing. You know, there's, there's stuff in ministry, you get hurt. In life, you get hurt. And part of us want, I don't want to do this anymore because I just get hurt. It's, it's people. You've hurt people, people have hurt you. Give it to God so that you can be the best you can be. Take time to forgive by faith. Maybe your emotions don't feel it like, you know, right now because inside you've got a lot to say. There's a lot of hurt there. There's a lot. But you need, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You need to hear, I forgive them in Jesus' name. I forgive them. Once you forgive and make up your mind, you're going to forgive in the future. That's what Kim and I, we've we just like, we don't want to, we stop stuff. We break strife. We whatever. You know, and we work with each other. She'll tell me like, oh, you, know, you shouldn't have said that or I'll say or this to her. And I mean, we, we just, we try to help each other. We want to be quick to forgive. Don't carry any offense on your heart. Get rid of it quickly. Get rid of strife. The quicker you forgive, the quicker your breakthrough will come. That sounds cliche-ish. Remember in the beginning when I said you need to write some of these things down? I heard a, a motivational speaker say, if you think it, ink it. If you think it, ink it. If there's somebody who's, I need to forgive so-and-so, you can write that down. If you don't want to write it down, then don't. But you need to literally act and forgive them. But your life will change. If you take steps to become quick to respond, quick to believe, quick to repent, and quick to forgive. Those are four things. If you'll do those, your life will start changing. Things that you've been blocked before will start moving out of the way. You'll start seeing immediate progress. Now listen to me, and we're, we're going to close. So I don't know, does the team need to come back? Okay, we'll bring the team back. Listen to what I'm saying. We're getting reports almost weekly now that's happening where people are saying, guess what? I tried this. This is what you taught. I tried this, and it worked. That's because we got it from the book. Everything that God does always works. Faith works every time. My, my wife told me that the other day. I just preached it last week, and she said, remember what you preach. So, again, the cause of this message. So I have to look at, is there something wrong with the seed? Not a thing wrong with the seed. It's me. It's me. So i got to work on me. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? Maybe this morning in the...